Hey everybody, welcome to episode 131 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam and I am joined again by Dave Hogue. Greetings, sir. Greetings to you as well. Are you uh, staying warm in the Great White North? I am, yes. Uh, I have, uh, I didn't leave the house at all yesterday. Neither did my wife nor my child. So that was interesting. <laughs> we we blew through, and I'm I'm almost ashamed to say this. I think eleven episodes of Vikings yesterday. Oh, nice! Uh, so the entire third season in the end of season two. Um. So when I realized that, I felt sort of like, wow. I didn't know that was possible to do in one day, but alas, <laughs> you accomplished it. Yeah, so, you know, whether that's a good accomplishment or not, it is done, it is written in the book of life now, and uh, I left the house multiple times today, just because, holy cow, I had to. (laughs) I can see that, yes. What about you? Are you doing well? We are doing well. Life treating you all right? Life, yes. Life is, is very good right now, so... Much to be grateful for. Indeed. Uh, I mentioned last episode that I had a job interview that I thought went really well. Turns out the interview went really well. I just didn't get the job. So I uh, just want to do a little follow-up there. Um, not not the end of the world, but definitely not what I expected. So still looking on that front. That's a bummer. But in positive news, Dave, you want to know some positive news? Sure. The uh, The Royal Rumble was on Sunday. Ah, what is the Royal Rumble? Wait, is that a serious question? You don't know what the Royal Rumble is? I don't have the slightest idea what that is. <gasps> okay, well. Uh, <laughs> I'm know. guessing I'm not the only one. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I watch professional wrestling. Oh. Um, if that means you're going to unsubscribe now, then okay, fine. <laughs> um, but the Royal Rumble is every January, and it's they now have a men's match and a women's match, and it's... Two people get in the ring, and then every every ninety seconds, someone else comes down the ramp. Uh, up until thirty people have entered the match. Oh my gosh! And the only way to get eliminated is to get tossed over the top rope and have both feet hit the ground. So oh. the key being both feet. So over the thirty-two years of the Royal Rumble, there have been some magnificent feats of athleticism to keep that second foot from hitting the ground. Some of them uh, athletically impressive. Some of them very comical. And uh, so I, I started watching wrestling again. I watched it when I was a kid because you know, white kid in America. So I'm gonna watch wrestling, and uh, I started watching it a little over three years ago. So like late 2015. Mm-hmm. And so there's been three men's Royal Rumbles and two women's Royal Rumbles in that time. I have picked the winner of all five of them correctly. Wow. Which, you know, some years are easier than others, but I just think that's, you know, a fun little, totally unimportant and trivial fact that I'm going to brag about <laughs> on the internet, that I'm five for five in Royal Rumble picks, so well done. there you have it. I don't have anything to follow up with that. I just, you know, wanted people to judge me. <laughs> and they are. Indeed. Oh, well, that's fine. None of us are perfect. Very true. Trying to think if there's any other follow-up that we need to do from last episode. You know, if we were like professionals, we'd have this all written down before we did this, but we tried that, and that's just, you know... Yes. Not our style. We are not professionals. All right. uh, We're going to carry on then in um, 
Romans chapter 8. And we did 1 through 11 last episode. Yes, we did. So we are going to do 12 through 12 through 17 in today's episode because there's just there's a lot more of chapter 8's long, dude. Yes, it is. 39 verses. It is sizable, yeah. I just filtered a very inappropriate joke there. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> now you have people going, what? Well, then I will just leave it. Nope. Now we're just going to move on. That's what we're going to do. We're going to move on <laughs> to the Bible, because that's what we came here for. That is why we're here, yes. Uh, all right. So 12 through 17. Uh, would you do the honors, good sir? I would be happy to do the honors. So we're starting at verse 13. Or no, verse 12. Verse 12. (laughs) So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But if you receive the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That feels like an important uh, caveat there at the end. Hmm. Yes. We'll get to that. We got we to gotta get through the other stuff. All right. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All right, let's take those two verses in tandem. Because I don't think verse 12 makes sense without verse 13. No, probably not. So we are in debt to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Dun, 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 dun. Mm. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And the Spirit is capitalized because we're talking about our good friend, the Holy Spirit. Okay, quick aside. Does it bother you when people are talking about the Holy Spirit and they just say Holy Spirit? Um. Like, for example, I would say, I rely on the Holy Spirit to translate my prayers and groanings into something that God can understand, right? He intercedes on our behalf, mm-hmm. right? But some people would say, I rely on Holy Spirit, and I just... <laughs> it's like they work for Apple. Ever heard like, oh, we love iPad. We love iPhone. No, you love the iPhone. Learn English. <laughs> so there's just, there's, I, I don't know why it bothers me so much, and it probably makes me a bad person when... Because I'm like, you don't say, oh, God, Father, and Jesus, Son. You say Jesus, the Son, God, the Father, the Holy Spirit. Just how English works. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I might cut that just (laughs) because I don't want to be mean, but it's just for whatever reason, it really bothers me. You know, we can be in, you know, in a church or or praying and and someone does that and immediately I'm like, eh, I'm done. Okay. Like, I just can't, just whatever, whatever the, you know, the environment or the mood or, you know, it immediately just removes me from that. And I'm just like, I'm, I want to leave. And I think that's silly on my part, but 
I don't know. Dave, I, I think I'm getting worse at podcasting <laughs> as time goes on. I think I'm trending downwards. No, 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 no. Anyways, back on something that hopefully makes more sense. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit, uh, see the spirit, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So what do you think it means if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body? That seems like a really key concept for us to grasp in this passage. Uh, I would agree. So, I mean, I guess on first reading, there's there's an element of like, I don't feel like I do this. Like, it, it's somewhat bothersome that as I read it, I'm like, well, I feel like I live according to the flesh all the time. And this is telling me that if I live according to the flesh, I'm going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, I don't know. I, is my, I guess my initial, um, my initial thought on that is because I believe that who I am and what I do is I live according to the flesh. I regularly get, um, in fact, I just, I had a conversation about this today with a coworker that really it's, it's just sort of that, like, like it's almost feels like this is human nature. This is who we are because as soon as you sort of def- defeat or overcome living in one flesh, then it's like there's that next thing that's popping up that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I'm doing that, but I now see that it's it's there. So um, I definitely think there's an element of us having to, you know, just realizing that we can't do this in and of ourselves. I mean, um, it has to be by the Spirit. So what does that mean um, by the Spirit? Uh, I th- I think it is a I think it's a process, and I think it's a continual process because uh, we are certainly not sinless. We are always going to we are going to sin. It's a it's it's a condition of who we are, and that we should be bothered by the fact that we do things according to the flesh, and we should realize that we do that. And we constantly are taking that to Him and asking Him uh, to remove that and to live in the Spirit and. Um, again, I just, I think it's a lifelong process. It's a continual renewing of seeking him and allowing, uh, the spirit to work in us because I just, I guess I kind of don't believe it's, it's, it's possible to completely not to live by the flesh and to completely live in the spirit. But that's my take on it. So interesting. Well, I guess my response is, and I'm going to repeat, I think, a bit of what I said last episode, is that our our intentions and our motives matter here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's easy to to have those moments where you say, well, I'm just a sinner, so I'm just going to go ahead and do the sin because that's what I am, or... Well, I don't think, I don't think it's just a, oh, okay, I do it. Well, okay, let me back up. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Oh, okay. Uh, I should have clarified. I'm, yeah. 
I'm saying from like a, uh, it's like when Paul says, you know, should we sin so that grace may abound? Well, no, by no means. And so I think there are some people that can see, that get to the point where they see their own depravity, right? They become poor in spirit. They realize their need for God. But the mountain ahead to, you know, righteousness and justification and, you know, being with God seems so insurmountable that I think some people might just say, ah, screw it. I'm just going to continue to live in sin because I I can't, you know, I can't dig myself out of whatever is ahead of me. And I think the sad thing about that is, and this is, um, we were talking about the Beatitudes in youth group, and um, I'm, I've been using the book Studies in the Sermon on the Mount by D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, mm-hmm. who is, as I said in youth group, very British and very dead, but also very smart. <laughs> one of his examples or his example of, you know, the Sermon on the Mount in general and, and what the Beatitudes lay out is like you when you become poor in spirit and you realize your depravity and your need for a savior and you know your relation to God and who God is and who you are and, and the vast gulf in between is that, you know, you see this this mountain before you that you're told by the law that you have to climb. And the gospel says you can't not only not only can you not do it, you shouldn't even try to do it. And if you do try to do it, it means that you haven't understood the gospel to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think what I hear a lot of, and I mean, even you've, I think, alluded to this a few times in, in the past, is, is the concept of like having to try or feeling mm-hmm. like I need to try. And because not trying sounds lazy, right? And that's kind of not how we were raised sure. to not try, right? Is to go out and give your best effort. But I think this verse, if I can kind of tie this back in, is, is a good example of what not trying is. Mm-hmm. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Like, so living according to something, that's trying. Here's the rule set I'm following. I'm trying to follow these rules. These rules say live by the flesh. So I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to do that. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So if we remove that rule set, whatever, you know, living according to the flesh is, right? Whatever the world says is is going to make you happy and successful. Disregarding that rule set, not trying, but instead letting the spirit who intercedes on our behalf with God, who can cultivate its fruit in our life through the discipleship process, if we stop trying to follow the rules of how the world says we should live and we learn to let the spirit shape us and mold us, then we aren't trying to climb the mountain, right? We're not trying to earn the gospel. We are letting the spirit do its job, which is to prune us like plants and to mold us and shape us. And that comes through right, dedication to God, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like I can just, you know, go to a corner, push a button, and the Holy Spirit comes and does like a five-minute cleanup on me, and then mm. I'm good to go. It's, you know, it's this constant thing of being in relationship with God, and that, that looks like reading my Bible. That looks like praying privately, right? And then that looks like having strong relationships with Christians. And that looks like having relationships with people that aren't Christians that I am trying to share the gospel with, be it at work or, or, or wherever, right? But the concept is is we're not trying to climb a ladder 
to get somewhere, to chase something, to to consume the next goal. We are enjoying the process of learning about God and letting the Holy Spirit do that work in us and slowly but surely killing those parts of your, and here it says the deeds of, of the body, right? Mm-hmm. Just to be frank, I cannot wait for the day when seeing a beautiful woman isn't a temptation for me. <laughs> That's going to be a really happy day for me where I can just go, oh yeah, hey, and not think lustful thoughts. Right. And I, it is my expectation that as I am growing in my relationship with God and my understanding of him and the Holy Spirit is doing the work of convicting me of my sin and is putting me in relationships with, you know, strong men who have gotten through that struggle and giving me wisdom and learning that there will be a day when I can go, I'm good. And the Holy Spirit did it. And then I can help the next (laughs) generation of young guys. Yeah. You know? And so to me like that, that, that puts a practical spin, I think on what I think Paul is saying here. Mm -hmm. So is there, I mean, there has to be times where we don't always defeat it. Right. But I think the overwhelming trajectory in my mind is more more righteous behavior, less sinful behavior, right? And it's not even that almost sounds what Dallas where what calls the, the gospel of sin management. Just have more just have more good stuff than bad stuff. And and it really comes down to, I think, and again, I could be wrong, but what what are my what are my intentions and what are my motivations? If if my intentions and my motivations are to to pursue a relationship God with God, to actively seek out, you know, knowledge and wisdom about him, from him, from his word, uh if my intentions are to to seek Christian community, then I'm already going to be removing some incidental you know, temptations, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm hanging, if I'm hanging out at a club at night, there's going to be a lot of really good looking women and there's going to be a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. If, if, if those are things I know that I should avoid, right. Then, then I shouldn't go there. And if I'm, if I'm, as I said, if I'm, if I'm pursuing a relationship with God and knowledge and wisdom and all those things, there's a less of a chance of me going to a place like that on purpose. Mm-hmm. But, that doesn't necessarily mean that I, as you said, I can't inoculate myself from temptation. Jesus wasn't inoculated from it. Like he, he had temptation. He went through it, right? He just didn't sin. And so the idea, I guess, is for me, is if I'm being shaped and molded by the Holy Spirit, by other people in my life, to be more like God than I will have a stronger resistance to the temptation the longer I am with God, right? Uh, was it Dietrich Bonhoeffer that said discipleship is uh, a long obedience in the same direction? Is that him? Oh, gosh. I would attribute that to um, a much more recent... Yeah, I don't think it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, well, well either way. I don't know if... I, I don't know... 
it's always one of those things of like who really create you know whose idea was it or who's just most known for saying it yeah so all all of that to say i would hope that my tolerance to resist temptation would be stronger because my foundation and my roots in god and his truth would be deeper and that doesn't mean that i'm you know i'm never going to be perfect this side of heaven that is not possible that's not promised to us in the gospel or in the Bible anywhere. It's not until Christ comes back and brings the new creation, you know, with him and judgment day occurs that that's when we are free from the temptation and the evil of sin. But that doesn't mean that I can't grow um, to a point where I can look back at my life and, and see how different I am now than I was when I was, you know, how different future cam is going to be from cam now mm-hmm. by the, by the work of the Holy spirit, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. So not yet, not to say, not to say we can, we can reach, you know, perfection and sinlessness on earth. I just think that there's a lot of, uh, well, your sin's okay in the church today because Jesus, you know, forgives you. Right. Well, yeah, Jesus does forgive us, but that that doesn't mean that the sin's okay. God still hates the sin. Sin's still, you know, a shot against God, a choice of evil over God's intentions. And so, I just I think there's a lot of a lot of misplaced grace, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's the right phrase, misplaced grace, but it sounds catchy, and that would be a sermon series somewhere at some <laughs> fancy church. But it, it, am I making sense? Yeah. Well, I, I I mean, that's what this is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, what I think he calls cheap grace. Just the simple, oh, God will forgive. Right. And isn't doesn't he call it cheap grace because that's from the cost of discipleship, right? That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that the whole premise of that book is, if I remember correctly, that the idea of cheap grace is, well, grace isn't really that big of a deal because my sin's really not that bad. And so he's the cost of discipleship is him trying to help people realize how much it really does, how much it really did cost God to, to send Jesus to do what he did and how, how deep the the sin is and, and that sort of stuff. Am I right? Yeah. So there's definitely a cost to, I mean, a costly grace versus a cheap grace. So is, we, well, is, is go ahead. I was just going to say too is is the cost of discipleship is also the things that we have to that we have to sacrifice and give up in order to follow Jesus, you know, and that's that's what I think we've been. Ah, never mind, never mind. That was youth group, not what we've been talking here. It's all it's. I'm I'm not used to. I've never podcasted and been a youth pastor at the same time, Dave. It's very confusing. <laughs> My brain's all over. Yes. So as as we've been talking, it just it's occurred to me that I don't think this is talking about the sinful nature. Like, I think this is talking about, which and maybe you've always been there and I'm just cluing in of, this is talking about living from a place of, I have to, I have to do it. So if, like, so what, it, this is what I did was I replaced flesh with the law and I read it as, so then brothers, we are debtors, not to the, not to the law to live according to the law. For if you live according to the law, you will die. But by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And I'm not, I don't think that's a true, I, like, I don't think that's completely accurate. 
but I think it helped me kind of put the idea around like my head of it's not so much this the sinful nature flesh as it is the this idea of I can obey, I can do the right thing, and it's really this sense of no, I can't, I have to live in the spirit, I can't live the law doesn't bring life, the law brings death, so I'm not sure if that's completely accurate, but it no, helped. I mean that 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 would jive with what I was saying about you know the, the whole you can't climb the mountain, you shouldn't even try to, you know, and so you're what you're saying there, yeah. Uh, for if you live according to the law, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body or the law, yeah, you will live. I, I agree. Yeah, because you know when I read the deeds of the body, I'm thinking of all the sinful things that I do. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is the deeds of the body could simply be, you know, this idea of earning salvation. The deeds could be, you know, all the things that I do. Um to obey the law. And it's like, really, those are kind of, it's like, it really, I could be doing sinful things or I could be doing, you know, obeying the law. They both lead to death. It's like, I just, in my human flesh, I can't do it. I have to be dependent on the spirit. Absolutely. Uh, I totally agree. (laughs) Verse 14 says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Again, Paul making a very, very, large and important statement in one sentence. Mm-hmm. We are we are not only gone from being enemies to being part of God's family, we are now his children, which now that I'm a dad, that relationship is totally different than you know, I would have been able to understand before I had my child. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's like the weirdest change in your life. Like getting married is weird, right? Yes. Like here's here's this person that has decided they like me enough that they're going to spend the rest of their life with me. And I feel the same that that's weird and like now they know all your dirty little secrets and how bad your farts smell and you know <laughs> all all of that stuff. Like it's just it's it's a really weird shift in a relationship with someone and then the same thing happens I think to a a different degree when you have a child. Here's this human that's half you that you are responsible with caring, teaching, and uh, providing for. And they can't do anything on their own for like the first couple of years. They're totally helpless. Right. And it's just, I, I, I didn't really quite know what that was going to feel like, you know, to be a dad for the first time. Um, but to think that, you know, and my child didn't, she wasn't my enemy that I then out of my, my grace and mercy decided, ah, oh, I shall make you my daughter <laughs> and I'll feel this way about you. You know, I'll feel the way a father feels about their child, even though you used to be my enemy. So it's like, I didn't, I only know a part of it because my kid was never my enemy. Mm-hmm. And so for God to feel immeasurably more about me than I feel about my daughter compounded by the fact that I was his enemy is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Like seriously, like the way you feel about your kids compounded with 
the fact that God chose to save his enemies and then feels a deeper love for me than I, th- than I think I'm capable of feeling for my own child is. It's crazy, and Paul says it in a sentence. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Yep. There's just crazy, crazy depth. Absolutely. All right, verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And, again, the the, the idea of adoption and the the cry of Abba, Father, by, by us who have been adopted by God is like, oh, just the sweet uh, exclamation of someone who is been removed from an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone who has been uh, a loner has been floating, hasn't, hasn't been grounded in the way a person, you know, wants to be grounded with family, with people that are theirs. And, you know, like, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like this, whenever I think about this, I think of will be now. Right. Whenever I read about adoption in the Bible and the idea of us being adopted, I just immediately, he's the face that comes to mind. Sure. And he's not my son, but I've known him since you and Melissa and the girls brought him from Haiti. And I don't want to put you on the spot, so I'm not going to, you know, ask you to say anything you don't want to. But for me, as an outsider, I mean, as a friend, but as an outsider to your your family unit, like that has had an impact on me. Right. So I just want you to know that. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, it's 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 always interesting for me. Because Wilby, in addition to being adopted from Haiti, also has cerebral palsy, and he it's it's noticeable. I mean, he can walk. He he can't talk the best, but we understand him here on the house. But it's obvious that he has a handicap, and so you know, people are so well intentioned when they say this, and it's it's just like anything. Kind of the the strangest things can be a, come a pet peeve to you or annoy you, but for me personally. Um, is when people talk about like what a noble thing we did by adopting him. And I know even when I'm responding to those people, I'm probably annoying them because they think I am being contrite or I am being falsely humble or, you know, whatever. But it is odd for me at this point with Wilby being my son, because he is my son, um, for somebody to talk about how noble it was for me to make him my son, because at this point, it is truly such a, well, he's my child, I, what else would I do? And the only way I can describe it is, you know, is, is if you have a biological child. So let's say somehow, some way, Kennedy ended up in Haiti. And she was down there, and you had the means to get her out of Haiti and bring her home to live with you. Would you not do everything in your power to bring her home and have her be with you? You wouldn't just leave her in Haiti, right? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> and so, so like, and I don't even know that this completely explains it or do, does justice to people, but like, now that he is here, I can't have him, I can't imagine having done anything but everything in our power to bring him home. And like I said, it's just the only way I can com- compare that to is, is to say, if your biological child was in a, a situation 
that you viewed as less than ideal, you would do everything you could to remedy that situation. And that's what I feel like we did for will be. And I don't know if this is making any sense at all or not, but you just can't even, you can't even explain the degree of this is my child now. And it's, it's, it's particularly interesting to have conversations with people who are contemplating adopting because you can see it on the other side in terms of making that decision to, to bring this child in your life of like, Oh, what is this going to do to our family dynamics? And this is going to be a lot of work. And well, if it was your biological child, hopefully <laughs> you're the type of person that, <laughs> you know, hopefully you're the type of person that we're, it's our kid. We're going to raise our kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's kind of like this um, idea of when there's not the choice involved that you would just do whatever it takes for your child, you know, whether that be a health related um, type thing or, or, you know, providing for them or whatever. And so I I think I'm going to quit there, but it's just, they become your kid in a way you can't comprehend. And it's so interesting to try to sort of impart that to people who are contemplating adoption and I'm not saying it's for everybody. That's definitely not not the case. Um, but they become your child in a way that you never imagined. So, like you talked about, because I and I agree wholeheartedly that becoming a dad, my relationship and and what it meant to be a child of God totally changed for me. Because there is nothing my kids can do for me to not love them. And then the second piece of that is is to now be an adoptive a parent an adoptive parent, which, you know, like you were even comparing it to the whole adopting an enemy, you know, um, and then God loving us to that degree. Um, it has made me even understand or be able to relate to that idea of being an adopted child of God and him, you know, grafting us in. And, um, so yeah, much, much more of a, of a parent to will be then or a dad, like I'm Wilby's dad to a degree I never believed was possible before he mm-hmm. was here living with us. Oh man. Yeah. So I was, while you were, while you were talking, you said this the, the, and you asked me about like if Kennedy was in Haiti and you said like, I, I would do anything it took to get my kid back. Right. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought of, well, that's exactly what God did for us. He did right. whatever it took yeah. And what it took was something totally bonkers, right? Sending his his son Jesus to to live, to be murdered, to mm-hmm. be buried, and then to raise again, uh, defeating death, and therefore you know allowing us to join him as as sons and daughters of, of God, and 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 getting back to the way that things were supposed to be. And so yeah, to think to think that. You know, as dads, we would do whatever it took to get our kids back from a, a bad situation. Well, that that might just be that might just be a bit of God's divine, you know, fingerprint in us, right? Yeah. You know, we were created in His image, and He has already shown He will do whatever it takes, right, to get His kids back, even if His kids turn into a bunch of evil little grandmas. <laughs> yeah, you know, ah. I'm really glad God's not a jerk. <laughs> Amen. This could be a lot worse. 
Oh, yes. Much worse. I, I, I mean, I think in any possible degree, like it couldn't get any better. So <laughs> any change in God, it would only just get worse. So good, yes. good that he's perfect. All right. Uh, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So again, if the spirit is active in your life, that's proof that you are a child of God, which is very, very good news. Uh, and if children, here comes more news. That's good. Uh, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like the TV commercial, but wait, there's more, except it's actually more and mm-hmm. actually important. Yeah. Oh, not only are you now adopted and part of the family of the God and creator of the universe, also you're heirs with Jesus to the kingdom that shall come. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I feel like, I mean, we both grew up in church, you know, the good news is so, it's so like, you can say it and not even think about what you're saying. Then you think about it, you're like, good is such a stupid word in that sentence. (laughs) Yeah. It should be like, the mind-blowing, universe-shattering, amazing, any, you know, superlative you can throw in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the good news just kind of stuck because it's, you know, short and easy <laughs> to the point. But you get what I'm trying to say. I Absolutely. Think. Good is not good enough or a, a good enough word to accurately describe how I feel when I think about this stuff and when I read it and when I get to talk to you about it. It's just, I don't have a word. I don't think I. That's do. why. That's why I say crazy and stupid and bizarre and bonkers. Because like I don't. I just don't have a, a a better word. So sometimes I use weird ones because I don't have a. There's just nothing to encompass how it makes me feel, how it how it affects my my mind, how like my physiological response to it. You know, like my mm-hmm. adrenaline gets pumping, like I just get so amped and so excited and hopeful and all that stuff. Absolutely. And I don't have a word to, to describe that. Right. Um, but this last part real quick, um, before we head out, it says, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Take that prosperity gospel. <laughs> so, okay. That doesn't mean that we have to be poor, Right. Oh no! Because there's, there's also that, that there's the prosperity gospel on that side, and there's the oh you have to be poor and downtrodden your whole life on the other side. But you know, as often with Jesus and God, there's a third way. And so the idea that if we are going to be children of God and we're going to be co-heirs with Christ, there is going to be suffering in our life because Jesus suffered, mm-hmm. and we are told that we must take up our cross daily. And follow him. And we are told that if we are going to be, uh, you know, killed and buried and resurrected in the same way he was. So there's not, there's never this promise in the Bible of, hey, come join the Jesus party. It's going to be super fun all the time and nothing will ever go wrong. Yeah. You know, or come follow Jesus. Your life will be easier. No, it won't. (laughs) That's just not going to happen. And so I just, I, when we read that and I made a comment on it earlier, I just, Whenever I see something like this in the Bible that explicitly states you will suffer if you follow Jesus, I have to call it out because there's so many people that disregard this part right. of Scripture and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And think that following Jesus means living a comfortable, happy life. 
Yes. And that's not the case. I would agree. And now I'm all pumped up again, Dave. Jeez. So I had sort of an interesting related experience to this today. A man in the town where I'm a police officer believes he is Jesus. Fun. And so um, we were actually kind of winding up the call and we were going to leave his house. But he kind of started down this road of how bad things were going to get. And kind of started doing this whole, are you prepared? Are you prepared? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? And I just looked at him and I said, well, I've read the Bible. And the Bible says time and time again that we will be persecuted and that life is not going to be easy. So to be honest with you, I'm I'm quite prepared for it. And it was like I had completely taken the wind out of his say. Like It was like he had no idea what to say to that. And I just said... You know, the Bible is full of that. And I said, you know, and it it just, it was just very interesting to me. And I hope God received the glory in this of just, you know, when kind of confronted with the truth versus just sort of his ramblings, it was like he was taken back a little bit by uh, the reality of that that is what scripture says. And, um, it's not so much this like scary, you know, fire and brimstone, you better repent, that kind of a thing, but more of just this, you know, kind of a, yeah, I, I get that things are going to be that way because you know what? God told me things were going to be that way. And it's not that I want things to be that way, but there's something reassuring about God knowing that beforehand. And then, you know, he's going to meet us there and walk through it with us. And so uh, the other thing I will share with everybody, and we'll see if we meet together again in April or not, but apparently according to this guy, the end is coming in March. So uh, you heard it here first. If it happens, if not, then well, (laughs) I'm not taking the bait. I'm not doing it. I'm not taking the bait, Dave. Yes, I know. We're just we're just gonna say, yeah. Good luck with that guy in the future. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah. Anyways, so that's been episode one thirty one of Masterclass. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, as you know, as always, if if you if you listened and you made it this far, thank you so much. Uh, we really do appreciate um, your time yes. and your attention, and hope that we are, um, you know, providing you with. Uh, you know, useful and and helpful discussion. Uh, Not that, you know, neither of us are are geniuses or scholars or perfect, but we just, you know, we do this and and pray that that God um, works through what we have to say and that more often than not that he would guide the words that that we say and the thoughts that we have so that, um, you know, these these episodes do um, impact people. and if that's the case, then that's, you know, more power to him. Yes. So thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, you know, the drill show notes in your podcast app of choice. Um, you can find links to, uh, Dave and me on Twitter. If you want to say hi or ask a question or tell us we're wrong, there's email, there's subreddit, there's a link to Patreon. If you want to help support what we do on a monthly basis, the rewards are all listed there. Um, you can, you'll get a, 
a little certificate to print out that says you've joined the corporation, that being Super Mega Corporate Podcast Network. Um, you'll get a shout out on our website, on our members page, and then you can uh, join our Slack community that we have, and that gets you in the show notes too. So anyways, I, th- I don't think I've ever actually said what the rewards are, so I should probably do it's that. It's been a while, yeah, if we have. Yeah. So, anyways, there's links to all that in the show notes, and um, check them out. And then lastly, um, I think, and honestly, probably most importantly, if you do want to support the show, um, I would rather you give us an iTunes review than give us five bucks a month. Yes. Personally. I don't know. I don't want to talk agree. to Dave, speak I'll for agree. Dave, but we just, you know, we've been doing this for a while, and we would like to um, see if more people would be interested in listening. And one of the best ways to do that is uh, through iTunes reviews to help us place better in the search. Um, So there's that. Uh, Thanks to Katie, Wilby, and Rachel for their ongoing monthly support. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We are are taking one week off to record a special show next week. Crazy. Mm, We're bringing back an oldie. It's going to be fun. All right, uh, stay tuned and be good, and we will talk next time. Bye. Bye.